Doesn't look like we're one, does it? And then you, you add on top of that, those differences and, and maybe those distinctions, uh, what we've been experiencing the last two years. Uh, masks, whether churches and other organizations should be open or not, politics, uh, culture wars. Like, it's no wonder that, that people question if this Jesus stuff is even true, if Jesus himself prayed for unity and, and we don't even show it. See, one of the greatest barriers to discovering the life Jesus offers is discovering the divisions within Jesus' family. episode 96 of Together for Salem. This is content put out by Cross Creek Community Church. My name is Monica. I'm your host for this weekend's episode. And this weekend, we're talking about division. It should be a great message from John. We're looking forward to it. It's the last message in our So What About series. Thank you to everybody who's engaged, sent in questions, discussed these things in their small groups, which we call connect groups. Uh, we appreciate you being willing to be vulnerable with each other, and think about things a little bit differently. So I'm gonna pass it off to John. I'll come back on the other side with a couple of announcements. If you're new, fill out the welcome form on our website or send us an email, info at yourcrosscreek.com. See you soon. So if you're a Jesus follower, Jesus actually prayed for you. Check this out. He said, I pray that they, speaking of us, people who will believe after his disciples, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, talking to the Father, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. Interesting. Like, Jesus prayed that we'd all be unified and, and united, all the Jesus followers, but does it really look like we are? Doesn't look like we're one, does it? And then you, you add on top of that, those differences and, and maybe those distinctions, uh, what we've been experiencing the last two years. Uh, masks, whether churches and other organizations should be open or not, politics, uh, culture wars. Like it's no wonder that, that people question if this Jesus stuff is even true. If Jesus himself prayed for unity and, and we don't even show it. See. One of the greatest barriers to discovering the life Jesus offers is discovering the divisions within Jesus' family. And you might be saying, yeah, and, and John, I mean, you can say we can disagree and be in the same family. That's one of my favorite things to say. We can disagree and be, and be in the same family. And you might be thinking, well, that's cute, right? Because it's rhyming and wow, you just stick with that one. But, but really, like, how does that even work in the real world of like real disagreements and, and real differences? And I know a, a lot of you watching and listening carry scars and hurts that were caused by Christians, that were caused by people who said they were your brothers and sisters in Christ, caused by the church and, and even church leaders. I, I have some scars too. Of course, I've never actually caused those scars myself, right? See, many of us have been hurt by people claiming to be Jesus followers because they put their personal views above loving you. Think about it. 
Much of the hurt we've seen lately has been caused by someone putting a personal view above a personal you. And so, and instead of offering an alternative to the division we see all around us in the world, it seems like the church, especially the American church, has led the way in creating divisiveness, both with, within ourselves and within our communities. So, so what do we do with that? Do we just, well, we need to be united. Jesus prayed for it. So we just pretend everything's okay. We don't have any disagreements. Or should we just have one church in the entire world where everyone believes and thinks the same way and, and nobody questions anything? And if you disagree, well, then you obviously don't belong, right? Oh my gosh, that sounds at best boring and actually terrible. Well, then should we, you know, belittle and, and mock the other people who think differently than us? Should we fight until everyone thinks the same way we do and then we'll be unified? Or should we, you know, just separate ourselves in, into different camps and, and do what we can to, to win against the other teams? I mean, that's what we're already doing, right? And that doesn't seem to work to bring unity. The thing is, this, this problem isn't new. I mean, you, right, you know, you get two humans together and there's going to be some disagreements about something. If, you've, if you're married, you, you understand what I'm talking about. But the first Jesus followers had the exact same issues. In fact, most of the New Testament writings are telling Jesus followers to get along and, and how to get along. And, and in the letter to the Ephesians that Paul wrote, he says something that I think we know, but we usually forget as, as soon as someone actually tries to disagree with us. And what we find is that the disagreements aren't inherently bad. It's what we do with them and, and how we disagree that really makes the difference. See, disagreements can either destroy relationships or strengthen relationships. And it's this difference. Not that we don't ever disagree, but how we disagree. It's this difference that Jesus followers have the ability and have the responsibility to show the world. It's this difference that will show the world that Jesus really is who he said he is and can do what he said he can do. And so let's see what, what Paul says in Ephesians. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Ah, it's one of those easy verses, right? Like, there you go. Just knock it off. Like, stop being mean and be nice. Just try harder. Is that, I mean, like, is that what he's saying? No, there's, there's more to it. See, there's the why and, and the how we should look for. And so we got to back up a little bit in, in this letter and, and give it a little bit of context. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. And that's a good goal, right? Be united, binding yourselves together with peace. What, but what should we be united in, right? It says we should be united. Jesus prayed that we'd be united. But what should we be united in? Um, should we be united in how we do church, like the method of whatever church looks like? Should we be united in, in how we vote or what Bible translations we use or you know, how we wear or if we wear masks, like should it be on your nose and your mouth or just your mouth or, or not at all? Uh, should we be united in the roles of women and men in, in the church and in the home and in society? Is that what we should be united in? See, 
Obviously not, right? See, all the things I just listed are things that we use to help decide who is, for us, who is in and who is out. Like, you belong to this team because you hold this view and, and you belong to that team, so now we're going to fight. See, we use the identities we choose for ourselves to divide ourselves. And what Jesus offers, what Jesus creates, is so much better, so much deeper, so much more powerful. Four, there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. See, these are the main things that should unite Jesus followers. These are the main things that do unite Jesus followers. He says, there is one body, meaning we are all created new in Jesus. We're new creations in Jesus, and we belong to and are connected to each other. As, you know, my arm is connected to my torso. We are one body. And it says there's, there's one spirit. There's one Holy Spirit that indwells every new creation, every new person. We all have the same Holy Spirit of God, equal member of Trinity God, living in and empowering and guiding and controlling us. And it says we have one hope. We have one hope that we are looking forward to. A, a, the same certain future of Jesus in the end, redeeming everything to himself. It says we have one Lord, Jesus. We all have the same Savior. We all have the same King who has given his life for us and to whom we have given our lives to. And then it says we have one faith. We all have, if you're a Jesus follower, we all have the same trust in who Jesus is and what he did. And we all have one baptism, meaning the baptism of the Holy Spirit and water baptism, where meaning we have all started this new life through Jesus. And finally he says, we belong to one God. There's one God that we all belong to. And so in short, Paul's saying that we've all been given a new, a new identity, not the one we chose for ourselves, but we've all been given a new identity because of our trust in Jesus. But we're not just isolated new creations doing our own little thing. We are all bound together in this new creation, this new transformation. See, Jesus followers are united in the identity Jesus gives us. See, notice, there's nothing about how to, um, nothing about being united because of how you interpret Bible verses. I mean, when he's writing this, there is no Bible yet. He's, he's, he's writing it. Uh, nothing about being united in our politics. Nothing about being united in our peripheral theological wonderings about certain things. No, we are united because of who we are in Jesus. And because of this new, because of this common and shared identity, we can celebrate our differences and use them to strengthen and support each other. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Doesn't that sound great? Like, doesn't it? So does that mean we'll, we'll never disagree? Well, interestingly, no. See, unity is, is not the same thing as sameness. Unity doesn't mean sameness. But since Jesus loves us, using our framework that we used at the very beginning of this series, 
Since Jesus loves us, we can use our differences to strengthen our relationships. They don't have to pull us apart. They can strengthen us. How? Good question. And another good question is why? Why are we not seeing this then? If we are united because of all of this, because of the new identity Jesus gave us, why don't we see unity, especially in the American church? Because we've forgotten something. Or maybe we've ignored something. See, when we just try to be unified, that can really only last so long, right? Because we're going to start disagreeing. We're going to start rubbing the wrong way. We, when we, we can only withstand so much disagreement and so much difference, especially, especially now. But we forgot what actually allows us to use our differences to unify us. See, we need to go back to what we started with, with verse 3. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. United in the Spirit. It is not shared politics, theologies, or beliefs that allow us to live united. It's the Holy Spirit. See, what Paul's talking about is each Jesus follower being guided by the Holy Spirit. Guided by the Holy Spirit. I know that can sound like, but really it's just this idea of maybe you've, you've tubed down the river. And you are the dude in the tube, or the lady in the tube, and the river is the Holy Spirit guiding you along. Or like a hand in the glove. You are the glove, and the Holy Spirit is the hand. It's what Paul talks about in uh, Galatians 5, being, being led by, filled with the Holy Spirit, where he guides us. He leads us. And when we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us, who he is shines out of us. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. These aren't things that Jesus followers try really hard to show and feel really guilty when they don't. No, these are the fruits of the Holy Spirit, meaning it's what Jesus followers already have in them because the Holy Spirit is in them. We have to choose to allow the Holy Spirit to guide our choices and allow the fruits to be used, to be displayed. We don't have to ask for, for more patience. Like, God, give me more patience. We already have the, like, the full amount of patience we could ever have. In, if we are Jesus followers and the Holy Spirit is living in you, that's like all the patience you could ever have. We don't ask for more patience. We ask that we will use, that we will exercise the patience of Jesus the Holy Spirit has already put in us. We give up ourself and not try to control things ourselves and, and try to be better ourselves, but we allow Jesus' love to come through. It's, it's not as like hyper-spiritual as, as that might sound. See, unity begins with the choice to allow the Holy Spirit to change us one choice at a time. And making those choices, it does take time. It takes practice. It takes commitment. It's a process we will always be progressing through, through intentionally, intentionality and through practice. We can grow more and more to look like, sound like, think like, act like, smell like Jesus. So it takes practice, commitment, and preparation. And so to have that preparation, I've got a little bit of homework. This week, every day, 
If you don't read it every day, don't feel guilty. We still like you. But as much as you can, read Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those aren't things you have to try to muster up and create. Those are things, if you are a Jesus follower and the Holy Spirit is living in you, those are things you have and you can allow him to like unleash from inside of you. So read that as much as you can this week. And then after you read it, pray this. In my interactions with others, God empower me to display these qualities that you have given me. In my interactions with others today, maybe it's a good thing to do in the morning, empower me to display these qualities that the Holy Spirit brings, allow me to display these qualities that you have given me. An example of what that could look like. Masks. However you feel about wearing face masks right now. And you encounter somebody who feels the exact opposite. You can pray, Lord, help me respond with the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, instead of my old, usual human fruit of being like, oh, they're one of those. Oh, they're against me. Oh, they don't care about blah, blah, blah. Let me instead show love, patience, gentleness, kindness, self-control. And then as you interact with people in your life and you, and you actually do come against disagreements, whether it is something like, like masks or even those, those, those little things at home, like in your relationships at home that are, that are so easy sometimes just to bite back against, right? Because well, when they say that, I know it means this or they give me that look. They're so easy to bite back against. When that happens, ask this. Two things. Where is my identity? In this view I have, whether it's masks or politics, what, where is my identity? In this view or in Jesus? And then ask, Am I more passionate about this view or this you in front of me? Am I passionate about the view or the you that God has put in front of me? See, we can be so passionate about our positions on unmasking and politics and, and church and really anything that we, we fight so hard and we might win the argument, but we lose the relationship. And in the kingdom of God and in, in the Jesus way, it is infinitely more important to be loving than to prove that you're right. See, if you're a Jesus follower, we have all been, been given the privilege, the role, to show that things can be different, that there can be a different world, that there can be a different life for everyone. We get to live out the life Jesus offers as an invitation to our neighbors who are longing for something different, something better than, than the divisions and the factions that are warring constantly around us and even within us. And it starts one choice and one relationship at a time. See, it's not everyone thinking the same way about the same things that creates unity. It's not absence of disagreements that, that shows unity. It is unity in the midst of disagreements that will show the world there is something different about the life Jesus offers. It is a unity based on our shared identity in Jesus and our shared reliance on the Holy Spirit. So yes, we can disagree and still be in the same family, but it's even better than that. We can lovingly disagree because we are in the same family.
think those two questions that John challenged us to ask ourselves about um, where is our identity and are we more passionate about the view or the you in front of us? Those could be two very useful tools uh, to utilize as we go throughout our week in our interactions. Um, paired with that Galatians reading and the prayer, it's all in the show notes if you've already forgotten what he said, uh, but it's down there for you in either the show notes or the transcript. So I just encourage you to continue to meditate on those things this week and then talk about them in your connect groups. There's discussion questions that will be at the end of this video. And there's also discussion questions in the show notes for you podcasters um, and those of you watching on YouTube. So thank you so much for watching. A couple things that are going on at Cross Creek in Salem, Oregon. We have a Youth Connect meeting, meeting, party, gathering on the 20th at five o'clock. So if you're in middle school or high school, you're welcome to come to those every first and third Sunday. And we meet at Gateway Foursquare Church in South Salem. So that's the 20th of February. And then the 27th of February is our in-person gathering which is happening at 4.30 at the same location. There's information on our website, but we really hope to see you in person. It's a great time to come together as a larger group, sing a few songs, share a meal, hear an encouraging message. So we look forward to seeing you there if you can make it. And if you can make it, bring your clothes for Avamir. We're collecting clothes for the seniors at Avamir, either medium to extra large pants for men and women or medium to extra large sweaters. So. If you have those things in your closet or maybe you wanna head out to the thrift stores and do some shopping for some nice clothing, that would be very helpful and it's a great way to be for your neighbor. It's our February for Salem opportunity. And that's it. Thank you so much for watching and listening on the podcast. So podcasters, and we'll be seeing you soon, hopefully in person, but if not, we'll be here on YouTube. We can lovingly disagree because we are in the same family. Every time. Every time. Episode 96 of Together for Salem. Is that right? Oh, this is like that.